There are times when some people say journalism is dead. It actually isn't. It's very much alive and well. Now, we're going to take a look at something here. And, and this was a, a press conference that took place a while ago between uh, Ned something or other, a spokesman at the State Department, who basically said, you know what? Because I say so, it is so. Well, you know, that's Ned Price's take on things. But just because you say it so doesn't make it so, Ned. Sorry. You remember a guy by the name of Colin Powell? Well, he stood up before the UN and said there were weapons of mass destruction in, in, in Iraq. And at the end of the day, it turned out that much of his information was apparently prepared data, false information that was provided to them by the Iranian government. And, and, and they got blown apart on that. Now you're talking about taking information of face value from Ukrainian sources, the same government that has bribed indirectly many officials in the United States, that hired the son of the president of the United States, who is under a grand jury indictment for money that was earned from Ukraine in multiple states, trying to figure out exactly what role that money possibly had with elections in those states or other political-based activities. I believe there's a total of three or four grand jury investigations that are, that are ongoing in several states against Hunter Biden and his brother James. And then you have this guy, uh, Ned Pierce, coming up and just saying, well, I say it, so therefore it's so, without presenting an iota of physical evidence. They claim Russia's going to come out with this movie that says this happened, but yet they don't have any players. Who are the actors? Where did it supposedly occur? What is the information that they have that's more specific? Uh, was there a production company used? What kind of editing software was used? Uh, what, where was it shot? Did they have uh, other source data that might be useful to them as to where it came from? Or is this all from the same people who write checks at Burisma and give that money to Joe Biden? Uh, well, Hunter Biden, rather. Uh, or at least that's what that's what Hunter says. So are we being set up for the fall by Ukraine, a government that has openly put presidential family members in the payroll? Well, you listen to what Ned Pierce uh, said when he clashed with a reporter who was asking serious questions and finally saying, hey, you know what? What evidence you got? Because this is the same guy who said Kabul was not going to fall, that the Afghan government would still be there. <laughs> this is the same guy who said... You know, uh, there was there was nothing to worry about with, with Iran. This is the same guy who said, uh, you know, that that uh, there was no evidence that COVID came from China. Yeah, this is Ned Pierce. So far, he's four for four on the lie scale. And I guess you know that that makes him. Let's listen to the press con. Uh, okay, well, that's a, quite a mouthful there. Um, so you said actions such as these suggest otherwise, suggest meaning they, they suggest they're not interested in talks and they're going to go ahead with some kind of a... What action are you talking about? One, the actions I've just pointed to. Uh, the what fact, action? What? The, the fact that Russia continues to engage uh, in disinformation well, uh, you campaigns. You've made an allegation that they might do that. Have they actually done it? Uh, what we know, Matt, is what we what I have just said that they have engaged in this activity, well, uh, in this planning well, activity. But, activity. But let me let me because because obviously this is not this is not the first time we've made uh, these reports public. 
You'll remember that just a few well, weeks I, ago. I'm sorry. You made, made, made what report public? If you let me finish, I will okay. tell you what report we made okay. public. Uh, we told you a few weeks ago that we have information indicating Russia also has already prepositioned a group of operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. So that, Matt, to your question, is an action that Russia has already well, taken. It's an action that you say that they have taken, but you have shown no evidence to, 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 to confirm that. And I'm going to get to the next question here, which is, what is the evidence that they, I mean, this is like crisis actors, really? This is like Alex Jones territory you're getting into now. Um, what evidence do you have to support the idea that there is some propaganda film in the, in, in the making? Matt, this is derived uh, from information known to the U.S. government, intelligence information that we have declassified. I think you well, know. Okay, well, where, where is it? Where, where is this information? It is intelligence information that we have declassified. Well, where is it? Where is the declassified information? I just delivered it. No, you made a series of allegations and would statements. You, would you like us to print out the topper? Because you will see a transcript of this briefing that you can print out for that, yourself. That's not evidence, Ned. That's you saying it. That's not evidence. I'm sorry. <laughs> what would you like, Matt? I, I would like to see some proof that you that 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 that, that you can show that that. Matt, you have that, been that, that shows you, that that, that you, shows that the Russians are doing this. Ned, I've been doing this for a while. I long know that time. was my point. As, you as, you as have you, know. you you have been doing this for quite a while. You know I that have. when we declassify intelligence That's information, right. and I we do so in a means. We do so. We do so with an eye to protecting that, that sources and methods. Not going to fall. I, I remember a lot of things. So where, where where is the declassified information other than you coming out here and saying? Matt, I'm sorry you don't like the format, uh, but we have it's declassified. It's not the format; it's the content. I'm sorry you don't like the content. I'm sorry it's you. I'm sorry like you are doubting this. the information that is in the possession of the U.S. government. No, I, I, what I'm telling you is that this is information that's available to us. We are making it available to you uh, in order uh, for a couple reasons. One is to attempt to deter the Russians from going ahead with this activity. Two, in the event we're not able to do that, in the event the Russians do go ahead with this, to make it clear as day, to lay bare the fact that this has always been an attempt on the part of the Russian Federation to fabricate a pretext. Yeah, but you don't have any, any evidence to back it up other than what you're saying. It's like you're saying, we think we, we, we have information the Russians may do this. But you won't tell us what the information well, is. That, and then when, when, that, when you're that, asked, that, that is the idea behind when, deterrence, Matt. When, that is the idea behind asked, deterrence. And when it is asked, our hope that the Russians don't go forward with this. Is, you say, I just gave it to you. But that, that's not what you you seem not to not understand. You seem not to no, understand no, no, the Ned, idea of deterrence. We are trying to deter the Russians from moving forward with this type of activity. That is why we're making it public today. If the Russians don't go forward with this, that is not. Uh, ipso facto, an indication that they never had plans to do so. Uh, but then it's unprovable. <laughs> I mean, my God, what is the evidence that you have that suggests that, that, that the Russians are even planning this? Matt, you, I mean, I'm not you, saying that they're not, but you just come out and say this and expect us just to, to, to believe it without you showing a shred of evidence that it's actually true. Other than when I ask, or when anyone else asked, what's the information? You said, well, I just gave it to you, which was just you making a statement. Matt, you said yourself, you've been in this business for quite a long time. You know that when we make information, uh, intelligence information public, we do so uh, in, a, in a way that protects sensitive sources and methods. You also know that 
we do so, we declassify information only when we're confident in that information. You if you doubt, if you doubt the, the uh, credibility of the U.S. government, of the British government, uh, of other governments, and want to, uh, you know, find uh, solace in information that uh, the solace? Russians are putting out, uh, that is, uh, that is for to, you to do. I'm not asking what, what the Russian government is putting out. And, and what, John, do you mean, what is it supposed to be? Officials are describing uh, very specific scenes, but do they actually have a video? The, the fact that we are able to go into such great detail, uh, obviously I'm not going to spell out what is in our possession, but I will leave, uh, I will leave it to you. Uh, I will leave that to your, uh, to your judgment. Okay, your there are no facts that you've spelled out. This was intended to come out in the coming days. We've we've said been for some time now that the Russians uh, have positioned forces. Uh, they have undertaken preparations that, if Putin decides to move forward with an invasion, uh, they're positioned to do so. You they are poised to do so. In the coming days, I mean, was, is that a timeline that you felt that this was going to happen? Imminently? Well, we we know what they are planning for. We know the contingencies uh, that uh, they have engaged in. Uh, and again, these are the kinds of steps uh, that they are poised to undertake if that decision is made. I'm Our goal in all of this uh, is to deter an invasion, to deter uh, this type uh, of activity. Uh, so we certainly hope it doesn't take place. We are making clear what we know so that in the event it does take place, uh, it will be clear to the world uh, what this actually was and what it was not. And the pre-positioned teams, uh, when do you uh, suggest they were pre-positioned? Are we going back months? I mean, or is this a more recent sort of deployment? Well, this was something that we made public several weeks ago now. Uh, so several weeks ago, we said that uh, information available to us indicated that Russia had already prepositioned a group of operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. Was it uh, recent at that point? Because if they had come across just a few weeks ago, that would be a, a Russian aggression across the border, which you've warned time and time again would result in you know, severe consequences. Ben, you know that the sort of hybrid activity that we've been pointing to, uh, much of it has been going on since 2014. Obviously, we're very attuned uh, to any uh, Russian aggression uh, against Ukraine that uh, may take place in this atmosphere, given the uh, heightened tensions. Intentions, Andrea. Could you in any, case, in any way describe your level of confidence? Those of you in New York know that my podcast is based in New York City right now. It used to be up in Buffalo, New York, where Kathy Hochul is originally from. Uh, I don't know if she's from Buffalo itself or one of the uh, cow towns in the area. Yeah, uh, so uh, in honor of the, uh, the, uh, the uh, that was Bessie, uh, that's not the governor, no, uh, she is definitely not a heifer, uh, <laughs> but yes, they make a lot of cheese up where she's from, uh, it's not quite the cheesehead state just like uh, Wisconsin and, 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 and that area, but it can be just as cold up on that Lake Erie shoreline. Uh, so let's uh, go to Governor Hochul and her press conference, uh, I believe, that took place in the Finger Lakes region earlier today on the ice storm. As well as uh, many ice events, so I feel confident that we can handle this. Also, I'm joined by some incredible partners of mine who've really been tested in the few short months that we've been in office. And I want to thank uh, my dream team, Catherine Garcia, the Director of State Operations, Jackie Bray, the Commissioner, Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services, um, Marie Therese Domingas, the Commissioner of DOT, as well as uh, we're joined by Pat Ryan, the Commissioner of Ulster, uh, not the Commissioner, the County Executive, County Executive of Ulster County, 
and Steve Noble, the mayor of Kingston, as well as uh, Assemblymember Cahill and Senator Hinchy, who uh, had to dig themselves out to get over here today. But I want to thank them for being amazing partners here as we continue through this challenge. And it is a challenge what we're experiencing right now. Uh, we are looking at ice accumulation. We, we, we tracked this event from the very beginning and we saw that this would be a major snow event and the snow has been concentrated in areas like Buffalo where we literally had to send in extra snow plows at the request of the mayor to help them dig out, which is important. Uh, you can see the snow accumulations, but what is really treacherous? Uh, yes, while this storm is throwing everything at us, we have snow, we have freezing rain, we have sleet, we have icy roads, and so we're looking at this combination here in Hudson Valley in Ulster County. Uh, our biggest concern right now is ice on the roads. The challenge is, is that yes, we have a magnificent crew of individuals who know how to salt the roads in advance to stop the ice from forming, but when the, when the first weather event is rain, it washes the salt off the roads, and that creates a challenge, but they were literally deployed the second they could. They're out there, and uh, we're gonna continue um, being concerned about some commutes. It's um, too bad it's not a Saturday like we experienced with our last major snow event downstate was uh, concentrated on a weekend, which made it a lot easier for people to get to where they had to go, but we actually encouraged them to stay home. No one had to necessarily get to jobs as many as others they would on a normal weekday. Uh, here we are dealing with commutes. And so our best advice is just to stay off the roads. They're absolutely hazardous. And uh, in anticipation of this, we have literally the DOT crews out there. You'll hear from our commissioner of DOT. Through authority has been all over. Matt Driscoll is um, handling operations elsewhere in the state, as well as thousands of utility workers. These are the people. When the power starts going out, and we have over 48,000 power outages, uh, mostly in the Hudson Valley. I believe we're about 36 or 39,000 right in Ulster County. That is a lot of people, given that the population is 175,000. It's a lot of families uh, who are without power as we speak. We have already had over 550 utility teams on the ground, but now we've, uh, we've, we have other individuals coming. You're going to hear about that as well. Most schools are closed. That is the right thing to do. Certainly you can use remote learning. We know how to do that as well. But we are going to continue to monitor local forecasts and preparing for the worst. That's how we handle these storms. You prepare for the worst, you hope for the best. And right now we do believe that the concentration of the weather activity will abate by this evening, which is good. But in, until then, it is going to be literally a day full of freezing rain coming down. We've not had major traffic incidences at this time but that is always subject to one car sliding off and others falling or uh, multi-car accidents, which we've seen happen all too frequently during these winter storm events. So, so the best place to be, at home, protect yourselves, and hopefully everybody is prepared at home with flashlights, uh, those chargers for your cell phones that do not have to be plugged in, that you've already been in prepared in anticipation, plenty of food and water. Same thing with outfitting your vehicles. You do not know if you're making that one run to the store that you're not going to end up in a ditch because of the icy roads. And you want to make sure that you are protected. Get the, the sand or cat litter in the back of the car. You can help put that under the tires. It works every time to pull yourself out. But also just having the blankets, uh, food, water in your vehicle during the winter time, that is the best thing, as well as that all multi-purpose scraper. How many times have I had to scrape uh, inches of ice off the windows? It's not fun but it's part of living in New York State in the wintertime. So uh, with that, I'll turn it over to Commissioner Bray to give us a further update on what is going on here. Commissioner Bray. Thank you, Governor. 
Um, as the governor said, we're in the middle of a statewide uh, winter weather event. I just want to do a minute on snow totals uh, in the west and central New York. Uh, we saw uh, over a foot up to 18 inches fall already in the uh, Finger Lakes, central New York, uh, and parts of the Mohawk Valley, uh, really centered on the Syracuse area. We've seen 8 to 12 inches fall in the north country uh, and other parts of western New York on the southern tier. Uh, we've got four to six inches that fell uh, around the capital region, um, but, but as the governor said, uh, you know, the main hazard in this storm is ice. We've had uh, well over a quarter of an inch of ice accumulation in the Hudson Valley in the capital region. We expect another quarter of an inch uh, over the course of the day today. Uh, so we're going to max out with this storm around half an inch of ice. That's a lot of ice. Um, as the governor said, that has meant um, significant power outages here in Ulster County. I'm a resident of Ulster County. I know my home is without power. Uh, we are very focused on getting power back uh, and particularly getting power back here in Ulster. Uh, we've got over 5,700 uh, uh, people out across the state managing power and restoring power. Uh, we've got over 500 uh, here in the Hudson Valley and we're bringing in more. We've uh, activated mutual aid so that as we're able to clear other power issues, uh, folks will be coming here to the Hudson Valley to continue restoration. Uh, in addition, we have dozens of cut and toss crews uh, that will be deploying, that have deployed, uh, that will continue to deploy and that will focus their work uh, here in the Hudson Valley and here in Ulster to try to move, uh, move some of those trees. Um, I do want to um, just say all of our stockpiles are open. We've been coordinating with our county governments for the last several days. Uh, we are embedded with the Ulster County team, and we appreciate the partnership of County Executive Ryan. Um, the storm will end today. Uh, we expect your roads to be clear tomorrow, uh, and then we expect relatively mild weather for the next few days. So uh, if you sit tight today, we should be able to get you back and running soon. Uh, with that, I'm going to introduce Commissioner Dominguez, uh, who's got an update on our roads. Thank you. Thank you, Governor. Thank you so much, Governor. Um, Director Garcia, Commissioner Bray, all of our local partners here. Um, it is great to be with you all this morning. Uh, I. I wish Pascatani still had, uh, <laughs> had gotten it right this year. Can I, can uh, I add to that? Yes. <laughs> Where I come from, six weeks more winter is an early spring. Exactly. <laughs> so, so we're fine with that. We're okay with it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, actually, uh, Governor Hochul has really had a laser-like focus this winter on snow and ice preparedness as well as response in areas all across New York State, and, uh, and certainly this storm is impacting a good portion of the state. Uh, I've personally been with the governor a few times now. Uh, it seems like if it's Friday, there's a storm event. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, this storm is really uh, impacting us all across the state, certainly with the power outages here in Ulster County alone. But we've been working U.S., uh, excuse me, New York State DOT has been working with our partners at the Thruway Authority Homeland Security and all the other government agencies. Uh, and we are out there hitting the roads and hitting them hard. Uh, last week, we sent about 100 people out uh, from across the state down to Long Island to help to respond to the storm down there, help dig everybody out. And 
They did a great job. Everybody worked together, got it all done. Um, and this week, we're having folks from Long Island come upstate uh, to return the favor. We sent about 27 operators in total uh, with supervisors and equipment, and they are deployed in the capital region, in central New York, and the southern tier, uh, really helping out uh, our DOT teams across the state. Uh, this is certainly a large statewide event, um, but we've, as the governor said, we've been planning for it, and we're ready here in the Hudson Valley. DOT has uh, a good number of assets in place that are being deployed, 447 supervisors and operators, 294 large medium-duty plow trucks, 56 large loaders, four tow plows, and one very, very large snowblower. At the end of the day, DOT is staffed 24-7 for operations throughout this entire event. Uh, we've got fleet mechanics who are working around the clock to make sure our equipment stays up and operating and we don't lose any of our equipment during this time. I say this often, but really, New York State DOT really does have an elite snow fighting team, and we're at it constantly. Uh, our forces have been out, as I said, working around the clock, not just here in the Hudson Valley, but across the state, and we're going to stay on it until all the roads are clear. We're hoping that's sometime later this evening, uh, early into the morning. We will stay at it, though, because given the fact that the temperatures are changing, we need to make sure that we're covered for any additional freeze uh, and making sure that the roads uh, are clear of ice. So a couple safety notes. Uh, we've been working with, in coordination with the state police, as I said, and the Thruway Authority. DOT has implemented a 45-mile-an-hour advisory speed limit uh, for the right lane only restriction for um, commercial trucks on all or portions of the following corridors. This started last night about 8 o'clock. So, right lane restrictions for trucks on I-84 from the Connecticut to Pennsylvania state lines, uh, Route 17 east of Binghamton, I-88, and I-81 south of Syracuse. Additionally, uh, just because we've got such significant utility impacts, DOT has deployed about 56 generators from our stockpile um, and want to make sure that any traffic signals that are experiencing any power outages that we've got capability to have backup on all of them. Um, a, quick a quick note to motorists, if a traffic signal is out, it's not cause for a free-for-all. It's an automatic stop. Come to the intersection and please treat it as a four-way stop, okay? And be cognizant that the person to your right and so on around the circle gets priority. Uh, as Commissioner Bray said, we've also got tree crews out uh, ready on standby, and we've got tow services positioned strategically all around the state to make sure that any truck, any tractor trailer, any accident gets removed safely and quickly. DOT, we prepare for storms like this all year round. Uh, our plow operators, again, working around the clock to make sure our roads are safe for all motorists. And as the governor said, the best thing to do, please, Stay home. Let us do our job. Let us clear the roadways to make them safe for you. If you have to be out, please drive slowly and recognize that plow trucks only go about 35 miles an hour. And in front of them is a hazardous condition. Snow, ice, you're not going to beat a plow. No way, no how. <laughs> so please, please, if 
if you see a plow, slow down. Don't crowd the plow. All right, give them, give our plow operators space to do their job. Governor, thank you always for your leadership. We appreciate it. And everybody stay safe. I think we have a new slogan. <laughs> not just don't crowd the plow. What was that again? You're not going to beat a plow, no way, no how. <laughs> I think there's a children's book in this. And Governor, uh, excuse me, Director of State Operations, Catherine Garcia. Uh, thank you, Governor. Thank you, Commissioners. Uh, as I like to say in the state of New York, if it's August, then we're thinking about snow. Uh, because it does take the entire team, both from the Department of Transportation and the Thruway Authority, as well as all of our local partners, to make sure that every bridge, every road stays safe, primarily to make sure that we can get emergency vehicles through. Because we want you to be staying home and staying safe today. And if you think about ice, it's like a half an inch doesn't sound like that much. A half an inch of ice would be a half a foot of snow. And so that is the amount of liquid volume we are dealing with. But we know that we have plenty of assets out on the roads and we will continuously be salting and plowing during this entire event. Uh, we know that when people lose power, they also lose heat. So please do not use your stove or leave a space heater unattended. Uh, that might be something that could combust. The county executive is going to talk a little bit more about where there are warming centers. Uh, but know that the utility crews are on their way and we are working in coordination with them to make sure that we are dealing with uh, the big tree branches that might be down across the roads. And again, if you see a wire down, do not touch it. Uh, it is very likely to still be live. And while it is absolutely lovely to see the ice on all of the tree branches, it is incredibly dangerous to our power system and obviously to the roads. Uh, and with that, I'm going to turn it back over to the governor. Actually, I'm going to ask the county executive, Pat Ryan, to step up and say a few words. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Governor, for being here. As always, you're uh, leading from the front, and we, we appreciate the responsiveness you. and your leadership. Um, I want to make sure I have updated numbers here. Uh, so as you heard, we've had and are having significant ice accumulation. We expect up to a half an inch. The, the main impact has been near unprecedented numbers of tree limbs, trees, and power lines down, uh, which is severely disrupting movement for, for everyone and, and causing massive power outages. The roads in many places, especially secondary roads, remain very dangerous and slippery. But thanks to our great teams from the state to the county to to the city and the towns, uh, major roads are, are pretty smooth right now and, and we think will continue to improve. Our main focus collectively from the state on down is making sure uh, right now we have 39,156 homes. That's nearly half of our households in the county without power on a very cold and wet day. Uh, and because of that volume of power outages, it will take some time to get full restoration. So uh, a big part of our effort is uh, of course, we have our warming shelter open in Midtown Kingston currently, but we'll be uh, announcing in the next few hours significant additional uh, options throughout the county, both in, in the Kingston area as well as the southern part of the county, uh, warm places uh, for shelter so that everyone in the county can make sure tonight, if you're still without power, uh, that you'll have a warm and safe place to be, and we'll be communicating that throughout the day with help from the governor's team, 
uh, and, and all of our towns. In particular, the city of Kingston, and we'll hear from Mayor Noble in a second, has been hit especially hard uh, on, on all these uh, dimensions. So all of us are surging resources to support you, Mayor, and uh, we'll continue to do that. Um, so yes, we do want people to stay home, uh, but be mindful that uh, there, there will be a significant number of homes who will have uh, enduring power outages. And if you're one of those homes, stay tuned for more information and we'll be uh, supporting you. I've been in direct contact with the Central Hudson team. I want to thank them. Uh, they're surging crews here now, as you heard, with more coming uh, from around the region, and we appreciate that. Um, and again, uh, Governor Hochul, want to thank you for bringing your Buffalo uh, winter storm experience here to Ulster County. We need all the help we can get and, and your collective team. Uh, and I'll be followed by uh, Mayor Steve Noble. Thank you very much, County Executive. Uh, yes, the city of Kingston has been hit um, very hard uh, today as we wake up. Uh, we have over 50% of our residents here in the city of Kingston uh, without power. Uh, again, our utility crews are working as quickly as possible, but with the sheer number of tree limbs and wires down, uh, it is going to take time uh, to get to all of you. Uh, we have issued a state of emergency in the city of Kingston. Uh, to be able to make sure that all of our departments have the resources they need uh, to be able to help with these cleanup efforts. Uh, but we do ask that all unnecessary travel um, be extremely limited um, at this time. Uh, we have opened Kingston City Hall for an emergency warming and electric facility for folks who may need uh, to be hooked up to electric um, for their medical device or any type of um, special needs, um, as well as um, warming needs. Um, however, the roads here in Kingston are extremely difficult. Um, I live only one mile um, from City Hall, and it took me 20 minutes um, to get there um, with just the sheer number of roads and detours that I had to take. And so I would encourage you, if you do not have to go outside, um, please do not um, locally here uh, in this area of Ulster County. And just as the county executive said, we will be opening additional larger shelters as necessary um, as we move on uh, throughout the day. I do want to just take a moment to thank um, all of our first responders who have been out there working um, in these dangerous conditions uh, to be able to clear uh, the path um, for our utility crews uh, to get into site, into into place uh, to be able to do their work. Um, but again, if folks have more information, uh, they can check out um, our website. Um, and again, I'm going to turn it now back over to the governor um, to uh, close today's event. Thank you. Thank you. So you've just seen evidence of what teamwork looks like. Uh, fighting a storm is a major event. It is a serious matter, and we're not out of the danger zone yet. And that is the seriousness with which we're approaching this to let everyone know we have the resources on the ground, but the weather is wildly unpredictable. And we cannot foresee you know, which limbs are going to come down when. And if you're, have, you're in a vehicle and you're driving down a tree-lined street, you are at risk of having a tree limb coated with ice falling on your vehicle and creating a very uh, treacherous situation for you. So please be cognizant of that as much as it does look pretty once the ice is on the trees. They will snap and fall. I remember one event I was participating in, we lost 13,000 trees, and uh, they were all over houses, damaging roofs, uh, damaging driveways and, uh, and people's vehicles. And so please take that very seriously. Uh, I will say that as we're managing this event, uh, while the snow and the freezing rain are falling, there's something else that is falling, and those are our COVID infection rates. So this is the good news. 
Uh, we continue to see a, a decline. Our seven-day average is down. The number of cases at 7,700, down from, let me, context, they were at 90,000 just less than a month ago. To have been down uh, that dramatically is just incredible. Mid-Hudson area, 795 cases. Ulster County down to 92. So that is the graph we've been wanting to see. We're very excited about these numbers and are going to make sure that the, those stay in that range. That is going to give people a lot more comfort as we go forward. So very positive news about those numbers going down. Our statewide infection rate, I've been waiting to say this, is at 4.4%. That is the statewide average. Uh, nearly a 19% drop from our peak just uh, exactly a month ago. And uh, our single highest one day was 23%. Again, we're down to four from 23%. Uh, Mid-Hudson is about 4.6, so this is a very good trend for us. And hospitalization, something you all know I've been monitoring closely, our hospital capacity, and we're concerned about, uh, you know, we still have National Guard deployed in some of our hospitals and our nursing homes to supplement the staffing situation, which is literally a crisis. So many people were sick themselves or left their careers after being under tremendous stress for the last two years. And so we've had a shortage of workers, something I address in my budget, but also uh, knowing that the number of people needing hospitalization is going down. Again, always the lagging indicator. Infections go down, people sick enough to go to a hospital goes down, and hopefully we'll start seeing the number of people pass away uh, reduced to zero before long. It's still 110 New Yorkers we lost just yesterday, so let's not forget them. Uh, another milestone, uh, you know I'm watching the vaccination rates, and adults have done great. They really have uh, over 95%, and the reason we don't have an exact number is we don't have always the number of someone who may have over the winter been in Florida got their shot to vaccination at a local provider, a local drugstore, so we don't have exact numbers, so we know it's higher than 95%, which is fabulous news, and I've always been concerned about our younger people as uh, different age groups have been eligible. 12 to 17 have been eligible since June. So been a while, but we finally hit 80% of them have gotten their first dose. Uh, parents, teenagers get signed up for that second dose and then get the booster because then you'll have that full suit of armor that you need around you to protect you. So our focus is really uh, to have your younger siblings do what you did, teenagers, and let's get them vaccinated. Five to 11, we're making some progress. Uh, our first dose is uh, approaching 40%, but that's been eligible for a while, and we're also waiting news very soon to hear whether or not our, 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 our children, our youngest children, ages two to five, will be eligible for this. And I spoke to Dr. Fauci just a couple days ago about the progress we're making on that front. So we're getting there, but I would love to see that trend line of younger children more vaccinated as we start making decisions about schools, and that's something we get asked a lot about. When are masks coming off in schools? We'll be making some announcements uh, you know, in, the, in the short term as we see these numbers progressing. But I'm also watching vaccination rates. So, so that's a message to all parents and, and school leaders and teachers and influencers that the more children we have vaccinated, the safer they'll be when they go to school uh, at the time we get to when they won't need a mask anymore, which we're striving for, but we're just not there yet. But let's, let's know that there's a very safe way to get there, and that is getting more kids vaccinated. Also, we have been so aggressive, more aggressive than any state in the nation in terms of amassing, acquiring millions and millions of test kits, knowing that people at home can find out if they're positive. If they're positive, 
even if they don't feel symptoms, they're still contagious, they stay home. That's how we've been stopping the spread. That's one of the reasons we're driving down those Omicron numbers because New Yorkers have been so smart about this and I want to thank all of them. And if you just compare uh, literally from March of 2020 when this started to November 2021, we had about 17 million test kits out there, PCR and rapid tests. That's a great number, but literally in a month, we amassed enough, we got them out. 23 million have been distributed, all part of our winter surge plan. Again, we started massing uh, upwards of 85 million, which we're still receiving uh, every single week. We're getting another supply. These are really important for our nursing homes, for have them in schools. My main goals have been keeping schools open. And when someone tests positive, we now have the capacity, we've been doing this since December, to send the children home with test kits so mom and dad don't have to worry about it. They can test their children before they send them back. This will be really important as we start heading into the winter break coming up over the next, next few weeks, depending on the school district. So we're going to be making sure all the children are going home with test kits so they don't come back if they test positive. So, so this has been an incredible effort. I want to thank all the state workers and the members of our team who've made this happen. It's been my highest priority to make sure we use all the resources at our disposal managing hospital capacity, test kits, vaccinations, mask wearing, everything we possibly could do. And that is one of the reasons why we are starting to see really uh, the, uh, the snow clouds parting when it comes to this winter surge of the Omicron pandemic. Uh, so we're gonna keep using all the tools, uh, getting kids vaccinated, wearing, cloths, uh, wearing masks. And again, just tell if you're not feeling great, stay home, the weather's bad anyhow, you're not missing anything. Uh, so we're recommending that. And also, it's time to start talking about our post-pandemic phase, our, our post-surge phase, phase uh, because we did really see a major spike starting December 2nd when our first Omicron case hit the state of New York. And it went up very quickly, dramatically. You saw this uh, in real time as we talked about it almost daily. So right now we're in an information gathering stage. I've always said I'll make decisions on any of our requirements that we've had in place based on the data not by pressure, not by whims, not by just waking up one day and saying uh, it's time. It is all based on data. So that process has been ongoing, but literally, as I mentioned, I spoke with Dr. Fauci. We're talking to hospital leaders. I have calls with all uh, many leaders this afternoon to find out how they're feeling about the situation, the business community that's been affected, educators, uh, as well as local government leaders, bring them all to the table as we start saying yes, it appears this, the worst of the winter surge is over. We predicted that. Just asking everybody as you're making your Super Bowl plans. Not that anybody really cares this year because <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Uh, but I'm going to care more next year when some of my New York teams are in there. But uh, that is, we, we tracked this. We showed all the points of vulnerability, and that was when people were gathering indoors. It was Thanksgiving. It was the December holidays, Hanukkah and Christmas. Then it was New Year's Eve. And uh, as we approach uh, Valentine's Day, Super Bowl, all these other activities, uh, this will be sort of the tail end of when we are concerned about this. So just be smart about it. New Yorkers, I have to tell you, and all the business owners who've been following what we've been asked them to do, you are the reason we're seeing these numbers, and I don't take that for granted. So to everyone who had to enforce these rules, uh, not always popular, you did the right thing, and that is why we'll be out of this before. We are the, we have the best numbers of any large state uh, which is what we're tracking. We're doing better because we've been smart, and that's why we're, I'll be able to talk about this post-surge phase, gathered the data, 
assess it, talk to my health commissioner experts, and then make some decisions uh, in the next few days, the next few weeks about uh, the requirements that we have in place to keep people safe and whether or not they're going to be as necessary. So we'll be talking some more about that next week, but in the meantime, let's continue using the tools available to us. And again, thank you to all the men and women who are literally in harm's way, driving our plows, the emergency responders, the utility crews who are out there, all of them, we sometimes you overlook them, you just assume they're doing their job. They are extraordinary individuals. They're part of the New York family, and I want to thank all of them for what they do, as well as our partners in government. Again, uh, Senator Hinchy is here, Senator Cahill, great leaders that we have representing this area as well, and uh, to our county executive, our mayor, and my dream team. Uh, if it's Friday, we're together talking about a story. So, all right, thank you, everybody. Appreciate you coming. Very good.